coming up. Now let's get into the Bible. Um, you can turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. We're going to be reading some things from the book of Genesis. So just kind of go over there and I'll tell you what chapter to go to here in a moment. But uh, titling this message today, When Things Don't Work Out. When Things Don't Work Out. Or at least when things don't work out the way we think that they should. Have you ever uh, had a situation where uh, you know things hasn't worked out? They haven't worked out. And they certainly haven't worked out the way you thought that they would. Or how many of you have been waiting for something to work out and it's been years and you've been waiting and it still hasn't happened? Anybody besides me? Now, now you know, you, are you out there? This is not a funeral parlor. You can, you can wave at me. You can, all right. I think if, if uh, you've lived any, any number of years at all, you've had things happen that you didn't expect were going to happen. You've been waiting for something to happen. It still hasn't happened. Has that happened to anybody besides me? I think this is something that we're all familiar with. Dreams or plans for our lives. Things we thought God showed us many years ago. But it still hasn't happened, it still hasn't come to pass, it still hasn't worked out. That's what we want to talk about here a little bit today. And we can learn some lessons about this topic of things not working out the way we thought that they would from the life of Joseph. He's an Old Testament character. He was the 11th son of his father, Jacob. Does anybody know Jacob's name was changed to, does anybody know, Israel? And he had, what, the 12 sons and so forth, you know. His 11th son was, was uh, Joseph. And Joseph was the son of his old age. He had Joseph when he was up in years. And Joseph was uh, Jacob's favorite son. And remember, he was given, his dad gave him a gift. What was that gift? Does anybody know? Of many colors. And his father really loved him. And he was his father's favorite. But you know, and you need to understand this, just because some people love you doesn't mean everybody's going to love you. Just because you're somebody's favorite doesn't mean that you're everybody's favorite. You need to understand that. If you understand that about life in general, it'll help you. There's a few people going to like you, but there's a lot of people aren't going to like you very much. Did you hear me? You need to understand that. If you just understand that going in, that'll help you. I know growing up, I thought everybody was going to love me. I thought everybody was going to like me. I thought everybody was going to be for me. But I learned the hard way that not everybody is for me. Not everybody does like me. You know, that's really the same one way or another. I think the devil's fighting this 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 message today. What do you think? I don't know. This. Okay, should I just throw this away? Okay, all right. 
I don't know if it's the devil or not. It may just be the thing's not working right. But Adam's a good man. He'll get it fixed, right? Not while I'm talking to you. Okay. You you can't talk and work at the same time. Do you understand that not everybody's going to like you? Do you understand that? I don't know. Are you okay? It's all right. Not a problem. The main reason we need to, to uh, tape this is because of the uh, Internet. This goes all over the world and lots, lots of people listen. Let's try this. What do you say? She was singing in it, so all right. Now, if this one doesn't work, then what are we going to do? I don't know. So do you know and have you learned that not everybody's going to like you? Now, God gave Joseph some dreams. Now, God gave him some dreams. Has God given anybody a dream in here? I don't mean necessarily a dream in the night. Maybe it came in the night. But he showed you something about your life. Yes or no? Have you, do you people pray? Have you spent any time with the Lord? <laughs> okay. You're not talking to me much today, but that's, that's all right. You're listening. Something that God dropped in your heart maybe many, many years ago. You need to realize, first of all, if you've been given a dream by God, we're talking about when things don't work out. Is the dream that you received or the thing that you received, the thing that was dropped in your heart, was it really from God in the first place? You know, there's a lot of people that think that God has promised them something and God never promised them that to start with. You need to understand that. Um, I I talked with a, a man many years ago, a wonderful man, Attended the church here for several years. A real good man. I think he's moved out of the area now. But uh, he wanted to meet with me one day. And so we met in the office back there. And he said to me, he said, Pastor Terry. He said, uh, the Lord has shown me and has put it on my heart that I'm going to take over. And then he called the ministry's name. And he said, I'm going to take over. Uh, it was a large ministry. He said that the, the leader of that ministry, somehow or another, he said, I'm gonna, I'm, the Lord has shown me that I'm going to take over that ministry and I'm going to be the head of the ministry. And in fact, I had a lady at another time meet with my wife and I. And she, we sat back in that office and she said basically the same thing. She said the Lord had shown her that she was going to replace Joyce Meyer and take over the ministry. God had showed her that. Now, neither of these two people had ever done really much for the Lord as far as pastoring or running a church or running a ministry. Now, what can we conclude there? And they were kind of both frustrated that the thing hadn't come to pass yet. Now, how many of us, just if we have a brain in here, we can conclude that God never told either one of them in the first place. They got something, they had a thought that came into their mind, they thought it was from God, but it wasn't. 
And how many of you know they're going to be frustrated the rest of their life unless they straighten that up and get their thinking squared away? What I'm trying to tell you is a lot of times we think we've heard something from God and we haven't. And then we wonder 10, 20, 30 years comes and goes and it hasn't come to pass yet. And we're frustrated, we're aggravated, we're upset with God and upset with people. And when you get right down to it, God never promised us that in the first place. Do you understand that? So we need to realize when things aren't working out, you know, I'm talking, I don't, I'm not talking over a couple of weeks. I'm talking over, over years of time that, that we, you know, something that was, has been in our heart and it still hasn't come to pass. You need to realize and think about, did God even promise you that to start with? Do you understand that? Because I've met a lot of people that think that God has promised them something that God never promised them in the first place. Like these two folks I'm talking about here, you know, uh, like the one, the lady, she never ran anything really of any of any degree. How many of you know, like Joyce Meyer Ministries, that's a big massive operation, isn't it? How are you going to take somebody that hasn't run hardly anything and now they're going to be in charge of the big massive ministry you need to realize God takes you through stages realize say stages say stages he's not going to take you from he'll now listen maybe you came just to hear this God always takes you from something to something he never takes you from nothing to something and there's stages in between and, and you never get from where you, you are to a big massive position. And God doesn't take you, from, you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't take you from, from, from having done, having no experience to running something massive and big. Do you understand that? There's stages involved. And, and so if you're frustrated because, well, the thing that I've been thinking God wants me to do hasn't come to pass yet, you need to get, get alone with the Lord and really think, and, and spend some time with, did God even promise me those things to start with? You know, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but back many, many years ago with the charismatic renewal, anybody remember the charismatic renewal? And, 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 and I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in prophecy and tongues, interpretation. I, I believe in those things, certainly. But back in that time, it was very common for a, a pastor would prophesy to somebody in a service or, or, or you'd be out in a, talking to somebody and, in the hallway or whatever, and they'd come up and they'd say they had a word from God for you. How many of you remember those days many years ago? And you need to realize that just because somebody, even a pastor, says, thus saith the Lord, it may not be the Lord thus saying. Do you understand that? That people can miss it. And I've met a lot of people over the years, and I've even been affected by this some in my life, I've seen people, they'd say, well, I got a word, you know, so-and-so prophesied to me and said such and such, and it's been 20 years, and, and it's still never come to pass. Well, how many of you know, just because somebody says, thus saith the Lord, doesn't mean God's thus saying. Is that right? I know I've had a, a, a few things back there then, in, in, in many years back, where a, a few legitimate ministers prophesied a few things to me that, that, that were right, that were right on. But I had, had several others that prophesied some things to me that just it wasn't it, it wasn't the Lord, and for some time I, I was very frustrated because I could see those things were never coming about, coming to pass. And you get right down to it, God, it wasn't God talking in the first place. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So we need to be sure that whatever dreams we have, we need to be sure that God is in it from the beginning. You see, and then here's something else. If God shows you something and gives you something, it's important that you don't put your own interpretation 
on something that God's put in your heart. You need to understand that. And, and I've seen a lot of people make a mistake along these lines. And I've made mistakes along these lines. Because over the years, God has put a handful of things in my heart. Now, I'm always concerned about people that are hearing from God all the time. How many of you know God's not talking, giving us new direction all the time? Do you understand that? Do you understand that? As far as major direction for your life, God's not always... I've seen people over the years, you know, they'll come and they'll visit a few times and they'll say, God God has told me to be in this church and stay here, you know. And then... You know, three weeks comes and goes and then they're gone. And you talk to them and say, well, God told me to go over to this other place. How many of you know God's not moving people around like that? You need to understand that. You understand that? And so major direction, uh, uh, God gives us that at times. But when he does give us that, it's important that we don't put our own interpretation on it. You need to understand that to me, a year is a pretty long time. 10 years is a long time. To me, 50 years is a long time. But you need to realize to God, 50 years is faster than I can snap my fingers because he doesn't see time the way we do. And you see, it's so easy to get frustrated when you see something's not happening in your life, but it may just be that you, 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 don't, you don't understand the timing. Timing with God is everything. So having said that, go to Genesis 37... Now that we've gotten through the audio difficulties, have you found Genesis? Have you found the book of Genesis? Now, if you haven't found that, we've got to give you a Bible lesson. That's which book in the Bible is Genesis? That, that's the first one. Okay, so you find that. Genesis chapter 37. We're going to read various verses about Joseph here and make some observations as we go. When things don't work out the way we think they should. Genesis 37. Now Jacob, that was his father, dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. And then he talks about Joseph. And how old was Joseph here being how old? 17 years old. So we're talking about Joseph. We pick him up at 17 years old. He was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now right here, and this is important, right here we see that Joseph was not perfect. At this point in his life, we see that he's a tattletale. Now how many of you know that most people don't like tattletales? Is that right? So he's a tattletale. How old is he? 17. And now verse 3, now Israel, that, that's Jacob, or Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they what? They, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. What did we say earlier? Just because somebody loves you doesn't mean everybody's going to. And, and, and his brothers didn't love... Now think about this. His brothers didn't love him. They what? They hated him. Now I will say this. Jacob should not have loved Joseph more than his other children. There shouldn't have been favoritism. But nonetheless, Jacob was human. Now look at verse 5. Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers. Now he had a dream. And, he, and this dream, now you need to understand, 
We just talked for about 10 minutes about dreams and things that, that haven't come from God. But how many of you know sometimes God will speak to you? He'll put, give you a dream or, or drop something in your heart. This, this dream that Joseph had, you need to understand it was God. God was in it. And he told it to his brothers and they what? Hated him even more. Uh, look at verse 6. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And in, indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for the dreams and for his words. Now, it was probably not the best course of action. Now, how old was he again? He was how old? So he's still his young, young kid. Now, it's probably not the best course of action to tell your dreams, but rather to ponder them in your heart. But let me ask you this. Were his brothers excited about his dream? No. You need to realize this, and this will help you. When God speaks to your heart, and, 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 and this happened to me back years ago when I was not much older than 17, <laughs> the Lord did speak a few things to me very supernaturally, and I went out and I started telling some people, and I thought they'd be rejoicing with me. And guess what I found? They weren't rejoicing. They could care less. You need to understand that most people aren't going to be too excited about your dreams and your aspirations. Now, it's sad to say, but it's just the truth of the matter. And why do I tell you that here today? I tell you that because it'll help you from, uh, from not getting discouraged. Do you understand that? Has anybody in here ever gone up and said, hey, you know, guess what? I've got, I've got this going on and that going on and I'm going to be doing this and that. And people just stand there and look at you like, you know, you just got off the bus. Like, you know. And, and I've had to learn this lesson and I've learned it the hard way. That just because God's excited about something for you and just because maybe your pastor's excited about something for you and just because your wife might be excited, might be excited. My wife always is. But you need to realize... Most people, and I'm just trying to help you here, most people aren't going to be doing back somersaults and cartwheels excited about the plan that God's given you. You need to understand that. And I'm not saying that to you to, to, to discourage you. I'm saying that to you to help you from becoming discouraged. Don't be discouraged when not everybody's jumping up and down about what God's told you. Okay? Because, uh, just sad to say, most people don't give a flip. Did you hear me? Most people are concerned about their favorite subject. Themselves. You need to understand that. But I tell you what, just because, and I've learned this, and as a pastor you've got to be this way, even though people's not excited about what God's necessarily told me, I've learned this because I know what it's like to share something with somebody and they're not excited. When somebody shares something that they feel that they've gotten from God, I rejoice with them. I'm excited for them. And we ought to be the same way, shouldn't we? Yes or no? Do unto others the way you'd have them do unto you. Is that right? Didn't Jesus say that? Now look at Genesis 37 verse 9. 
Genesis 37, verse 9. He dreamed still another dream. And he told his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. At this time, the sun, moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So, it t- so he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you've dreamed? Now, now his, daddy's gonna, his daddy's in the dream and his daddy doesn't really like his position in the dream. Now his daddy's a little upset. He says, shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down? Come and do what? Come and what? Bow. Now remember that real loud say bow down. So what's the dream that he's gotten here? The dream that he's gotten is there's going to come a time when his brothers and his mother and dad are going to what? Bow down. They're going to do what? Now, now, do you all have any siblings? If you went up to your siblings and said, God showed me that one of these days you're going to bow your knee before me and bow down. Are your siblings going to be excited about that? And if you're a little 17-year-old kid and God's showing you that, you're probably going to get an ego deal and think, wow, that's pretty cool. My brothers and sisters are going to come and bow down before me. Is that right? What is this dream you've dreamed? And so forth. In verse 11, And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. Now look, in the process of time, look down at verse 20. In the process of time, Joseph was off alone with his brothers. And they said, come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into a pit. And we'll say some wild beast has devoured him. We'll see what will become of his dreams. Now again, were his brothers excited about his dreams? No. They want to what? They want to kill him. Verse 23. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his his coat, his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. They took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Now let me ask you this. He's got a dream here that he's going to be exalted to a position where his family is going to bow down to him. Is that happening right now? No, where is he at? He's in a pit. I'll just say this, when you're on the way that God, if, we're, we're, if you're on your way to the place God wants you to be, there's going to be some pits on that way. You just, I'm trying to help you, you need to understand that if you're on your way to that dream that God really has for you, uh, it's not going to be a rose garden and a bed of roses and a, and a f- feather bed all the way. You understand that? There's not going to be a whole lot of banana splits on the way. There's going to be some pits on the way. Pits with no water in it. We're talking about a pit in the ground here. You need, you need to realize that. But here's something else. Now listen, I'm reading from my notes now. When things are not working out the way we think they should. Oh, get this. If you don't get anything else. When things are not working out the way we think they should. We must keep a good attitude toward people and toward God. I have watched so many folks along the way and I've dealt with it myself. Things aren't going the way we thought they should. Things aren't happening the way we thought God showed us that they would. And the first thing we'll do is we'll get a bad attitude. We'll get a bad attitude towards other people. And then we'll get a bad attitude toward toward God. I've met so many people with a bad attitude. I'm talking Christians with a bad attitude toward God. 
And I have to confess, I've had a bad attitude toward God at times because things weren't going as fast as I thought they should, didn't look like things were happening like they should. Is any, can anybody relate to that besides me? Now, they didn't kill Joseph, but they sold him to a band of Ishmaelites headed for Egypt. And his brothers took his coat of many colors, dipped it in animal's blood, and brought it to their father and convinced him that Joseph was dead. Now, in Genesis 39, verse 1, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh is, the, is like the king of Egypt, and Potiphar was an was a, 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 a officer of Pharaoh's, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, uh, bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now, Joseph is now a slave. Real loud, say slave. Now, how many of you would agree with me that probably wasn't in his, that pit wasn't in his thinking when he got those dreams from God? And would you agree with me that this position of slavery wasn't in his mind? This is a hard spot. He's in a pit. Now he's out of the pit, but now he's in slavery. Things aren't going the way we thought they should. But notice in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Remember this, if things aren't going the way that you think they should be, don't ever forget this, the Lord will be with you. And he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, house of Potiphar. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Now I'm going to make a statement. You need to understand this. It'll help you. Joseph isn't 17 years old anymore. He's grown some. And he has become a man of ethics and integrity. We started out where we see a tattletale and sharing kind of a haughtiness, sharing these dreams. But he's developed from that into a man of ethics and integrity not anymore like he was when he was 17. You need to understand this, particularly about your family. And I've had to learn this. See, how many of you know we can change over the years? And God can work on us and change us. And God did that with Joseph. Now, my family, now you see me, you see me as Pastor Terry. I am not like I was when I was 17 years old. It's a good thing we didn't meet when I was 17 years old. You wouldn't have liked me very much. First of all, I wouldn't have dated you. You know why? Because you couldn't compete with me at tennis or golf. I was a jerk. <laughs> Simply put, do you need me to give you the Greek on jerk? I was a smart mouth little kid. I was haughty. I cheated at games when we played games, particularly board games, card games. I cheated my grandma at Old Maid. I marked the back of the Old Maid. She'd get mad because I would never pick it. But I got saved. And the Lord's worked on me, and I'm not the person that I once was. But you know what? My family still thinks I am. Do you know some people just won't let you grow up and they won't accept change. They, they won't accept that you can change. And you can go and talk to most of my family right now and they'll tell you he's a smart mouth little jerk that will cheat you at old maid. That's how they see you. 
And it's no different with you than it is with me. We need to realize that, that, that people can change. But there's a lot of people, you see, especially if they're not born again, they don't know the Lord, they're not going to give you the opportunity to even change. They're, you're locked in their memory as a smart mouth little kid or whatever it is. And they're not going to ever see you any other way unless God does some work on them. And how many of you know God wants to work on them, but a lot of people won't let God work on them. I've let God do some work on me. I'm not the same person as I was. I won't cheat you at Old Maid. I won't cheat you at Family Feud when we play here Friday night. I'm not going to give anybody the answers ahead of time, see. But there was a day I'd have done that. So notice here, Genesis 39, verse 4. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served Potiphar. Now, he didn't like the position he was in, but he served anyway. Realize, say served. He served. And he did it with a good and a right attitude. Notice what happened because of a good attitude. Potiphar made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. Now, it's interesting at this point, it would be real. Now, now, let me ask you this. Where did he start out? He started out in the pit, didn't he? He had that dream, then into the pit. Now he's in slavery, but now he's risen. Now, think about this. He's risen to a po- position of authority in Potiphar's house. Is that good? Beats being in a, it beats being in a, in a dungeon, doesn't it? But is this... Now, oh, get this. Is this what God told him? Even though he's in slavery, but yet he's in a great position. He's second in command in this powerful man's house. But is this what God told him? Are his brothers bowing down before him? So this isn't it, is it? This isn't it. Real out say preparation. How is this man going to be able to run the entire nation of Egypt if he can't run Potiphar's house? Are you out there? And a lot of people want to run the nation of Egypt and they can't run Potiphar's house. There's a lot of people want to run this big grandiose thing and they can't run, they can't even, they can't even keep their house clean. Come on. They can't even keep their yard mowed. But they want to run a multi-billion dollar organization. What's God doing here with Joseph? He is preparing him. Oh, how many people we've met. They want some big grandiose thing. And they, they, you know, like one guy said, they, they want to pastor a big, massive, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 person church and they've never built a chicken coop for the Lord. How's God, God going to use you to run something that's 30,000 people if you can't even, you know, organize your own household with three people in it? Real out is, what's the word? Prepper. Remember, God moves you through stages. Genesis 39, verse 5. So it was, now he's in Potiphar's house, 
He's in charge of Potiphar's house. So it was from the time that he made his, this is Genesis 39 verse 5. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had. Now I'm going to read several scriptures, but so, so it, how many of you know it's good to read a Bible in church? Yes or no? So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Verse 6. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Okay, that's important to know that. And it came to, verse 7, it came to pass after these things that his master's wife... This is Potiphar's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. And she said, lie with me. That doesn't mean go out and tell lies. How many of you know what she wanted to do here? She wanted to have sexual relations with him because he was handsome. Verse 8. Oh, my goodness. So important. But he what? He refused... You see his integrity? If you want to get where God is trying to get you, you're going to have to maintain integrity. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. Verse 9, There is no greater in his house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against him? Did it say against him? No, it's set against who? So you need to realize that when you're, when, you're, when you're on the way to where God wants you to go, it's not what you do in, in public that's, I mean, God's looking at what you're doing in private. How many of you know it's easy to do the right thing in public? It's much more difficult to do it in private. And, and here's something else. Joseph wasn't doing what he did toward Potiphar. He was doing what he did toward God. And I tell you what, if you'll honor God it's, and do everything you do as unto the Lord, you'll typically, you'll, 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 you'll be doing, the, what I'm trying to say is, is that if you can do, if, if you're going to be ethical in secret, you're going to be ethical in public. There's a lot of people that are, seem to appear ethical in public, but they're crooked as a black snake in private. But if you can be in, integrable in private, you'll be integrable in public, almost without exception. Is that right? So watch this. Oh, this is a big one because I've heard people crabbing about their boss. I've heard this for 24 years from multitudes of people. Crabbing about their boss. When I hear that out of people, I know That ultimately down deep, now this might be stepping on some toes, but I'm trying to help you. Down deep, you're doing what you're doing under your boss, not unto the Lord. We've been learning this on Tuesday nights in our study in in the book of 1 and 2 Peter. That when you're being mistreated by your boss, you're supposed to accept that suffering that you go through gladly and joyfully. Because what you're doing is unto who? The Lord. So the next time you start about your boss, think about your motive. 
You just do what you do to please the Lord. God will take care of you. Can you say amen? He said, verse 9, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Verse 10, so it was as he spoke to Joseph day by, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her, to have sex with her, or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside. Real loud say, uh-oh. Just to, just, I'll just throw this in. Don't ever be alone with somebody of the opposite sex. Unless you're married to him now, of course. Unless there's witnesses around. So he went in there and she was in there by herself and none of the other people were in there and he made a mistake here. Now, maybe he didn't know. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't know that nobody else was in there. But nonetheless, it's a good rule of thumb, isn't it? To not be alone with people of the opposite sex without witnesses. And she caught him by the garment saying, have sex with me, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and he fled and ran outside. Do you see why God's hand was on this guy? So it was when she saw, verse 13 that he left the garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called the men of, her, of the house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master, till Potiphar, came home. Then she spoke to Potiphar with the words, words saying, You know, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. Verse 18, so it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out. Now who's a liar here? Is it Joseph or her? Verse 18, that he left his garment with me and fled outside. Verse 19, so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did not uh, did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Verse 20, then Joseph's master took him, put him in the what? A place where the king's prisoners were confined And he was in the prison. Now did Joseph have prison on his mind when he had those dreams at 17? No. Again though, when things are... Now now, you need to understand something here. Will people tell lies about you? Will they lie on you? Absolutely. And when I say lie here, I'm talking about falsehood. People will lie. they, They will. Don't get shocked when people tell lies about you. It's just people being people. They shouldn't do that, but people do that sometimes. But the interesting thing, though, is this. I'm going to say it again. When things are not working out the way we think that we should, we must. Real I'd say must. We must keep a good attitude toward people and toward God. And I can't find him ever... Now, this lady wronged him. This woman wronged him. But I don't see where he's about the lady. He's just keeping a good attitude toward everybody and toward God. I want to say this to you. I've got this in my notes. I need to get this across to you. If we don't keep a good attitude toward people and toward God, it can short circuit the dream that God gave you. And it can keep it coming from coming to pass. It really can. If God gives you... A, I don't care if the dream came from God himself. 
if you aren't obedient to God, how many of you know if God tells you to do something and you don't do it, just because he told you to do to whatever he told you to do, if you don't do it, it's not going to ever come to pass. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this, if God tells you, if he gives you a dream and you're doing what he told you to do, if you do the things God told you to do and your attitude isn't right, it still will never come to pass. Did you get what I just said? You've got to do what you do with a good and a right attitude. Did you hear me? And I've seen people over the years, well, they'll say, well, I got this dream from God. And they did. It was from the Lord. And, and I've been doing everything he's told me to do all these years. I've done everything he's told me to do. And it just hasn't come to pass yet. Well, can you see why it hasn't come to pass yet? They got a dream from God. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. But their attitude stinks. And if you have a stinking attitude, and I can preach on this because I've had a stinking attitude many times in my life. Been aggravated with people, been aggravated with God. How many of you know God hasn't done anything wrong? There's no reason to be aggravated to him. And I'm sure, I'm confident that I've short-circuited some things. And you know what? When you don't maintain a good attitude, you can short-circuit. And, and, and something that I've noticed is maybe you don't completely short-circuit the plan God has for you. It's just going to take longer to get you there. Because until you, until there, there's attitudes dealt with on the inside of you, God's not going to be able to, to promote you as he wants to. Are you, are you getting that? Now look at verse, uh, Genesis 39. Look at verse, just a little longer here. We'll be done. Look at Genesis 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph, showed him mercy. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they, whatever, whatever they uh, did there, it was his doing. Verse 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made prosper. Can you see the good, the good attitude? Let me ask you this. Now he's in a prison. That stinks. But he is, is, he in the, is he in a high position of authority in the prison? Yes. But is this the dream? Is this the dream? No. Are his brothers bowing down to him? No. Again, this is what? Prepa. If you can't run Potiphar's house, you can't run Egypt. If you can't run the prison, you can't run Egypt. How many of you know there's some unsavory people in this prison? And how many of you know there's some unsavory people in Egypt? And if you can't run to prison, you know, Potiphar's house was probably an easier place to run than the prison. Would you agree? Yes or no? But if you can't run to prison, you can't run Egypt. You see God's preparing the man. And why is God, why is God doing this? He's preparing him. But do you see Joseph is keeping a good attitude, isn't he? And then, of course, he's in there and there's, a, there's the Pharaoh's butler and the baker. And they each had a dream, and we won't read all of that. But they couldn't interpret their dreams. And Joseph interpreted them, and he said the butler would be restored to his position, but the baker would be executed. Joseph then asked the butler to remember him before Pharaoh, because this butler worked for, he was the Pharaoh's uh, uh, butler, you know. And he said, you remember me when you're before Pharaoh. Now look at Genesis 40, verse 23. You've got to get this. 
Yet the chief butler, so, so it happened just like Joseph said, and, and, and the, the, the one was executed, the butler, the baker was executed, the butler got freed. But look at Genesis 40, verse 23. The chief butler did not remember Joseph, but what? If you're taking notes, write this down. Write, many people will forget about me. Now, you think this is a discouraging sermon, but it is. How many of you know this is not a discouraging? This is real life. And I'm preaching this at the direction of the Holy Spirit. He wanted me to preach this today, so I, he runs things around here. And this is to encourage you, don't be, don't be crying in your room when people forget about you. It's just people being people. I've had to learn this the hard way. You know how I've learned it? Crying in my room. They forgot about me. They forgot my birthday. I've conditioned myself. I don't need praise from men, women, boys, or girls. I don't need you to sit there and approve of me. I'm doing what God told me to do today, and that's all I need. And if you forget this message before you get out to your car, that's between you and the Lord. I'm doing what God told me to do. People are going to forget about you. Yeah, forget the, has anybody ever forgot your birthday and it just tore you up? Get over it. Just people being people. There's somebody ain't going to forget you and his name is G-O-D. And that's all that counts. People are going to forget you. Look at Genesis 41 now. So the butler forgot him. Genesis 41. Now this is two years. Say two years. This is two years later. See, Joseph's still in prison. Still doing what God told him to do. Overseeing the prison. And Pharaoh had two dreams. One dream Pharaoh had. Remember the seven fat cows? And then the seven ugly cows? How many remembers that? And then he had another dream about the seven good ears of corn and the seven bad ears of corn. And, and, and it had to do, you know, with the good years and the famine and so forth. And no one, but no one could interpret the dreams. And the butler finally remembered Joseph and told Pharaoh about Joseph. And Pharaoh called for Joseph. So look here at Genesis 41, verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out, to, out of the dungeon and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream. There's no one who can interpret it, but I have heard it said that you can understand a dream and interpret it. So Joseph, the verse 16, answered Pharaoh saying, now watch this. Here's another reason you see why God's using this guy. It is not me. You see that? One reason we don't ever get where God wants us to be in the dream is never fulfilled is because we've got all of our attention on us. We've got to give God the glory. It's not me. God will give Pharaoh the answer of peace. As long as, as long as the dream is all about you, it's never going to come to pass. You've got to keep your eyes on God. Say amen, somebody. And then Joseph gives the interpretation about seven good years of coming and then seven years of famine. And the famine's going to be so bad that the good years will be forgotten. And then look at here at Genesis 41 verse 33. Now, therefore, now watch this. Good point here. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Did you get the lesson in that verse right there? 
Well, if you didn't get it, let me help you. Joseph could have said, I interpreted the dream. God's really using me. I should be the man in charge. Did he say that? He's not trying to promote himself. As long as you're trying to promote yourself, you're never going to get to that place God has for you. You've got to just relax in him and, and be more interested in seeing other people promoted than yourself. And if you keep that attitude, eventually that dream God gave you will come to pass. And in verse 34 here, Genesis 41 verse 34, let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth or 20% of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food, verse 35, of, during the good years that are coming, store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities and so forth. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land, the seven years, so forth and so on. So you see what's happening. They're going to store up the food. They're going to store up the food. Do you see that? They're going to store it up. Then look at Genesis 41, verse 37. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and and of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, now watch this. Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Then Genesis 41, verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Now, let me help you out here. We're about to see the vision, the dream that God gave Joseph come to pass. Watch this. You shall be over my house, verse 40. And all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, verse 41, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Verse 42, Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, Put it on Joseph's hand. He clothed him in garments of fine linen. Put gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. Do you realize he he just got Air Force Two right here? Do you realize that? Come on now. Somebody laugh at that. Somebody. Ha, 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 ha. He just got Air Force Two, didn't he? Yes or no? I'm trying to help you out in case you're a little slow. Did he just get it? Do you all know what Air Force Two is? Does anybody know who the vice president is? Yeah, okay. And they cried out before him. What did they cry out? What? What? Bow the what? What did that dream have to do with all those years ago? Somebody bowing the You see what's happening? Bow the knee. Wow. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Was this man ready to step in? God had prepared him. He kept a good attitude. Now... He's stepping into that power position. Yeah, if you get that power position and you're not ready for it, that power position will destroy you and kill you. Do you hear me? But he's ready for it now. Verse 44, Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh and without your consent, no man will lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. That's a position of power. And notice 46, verse 46 Joseph was how old? So it didn't come overnight, did it? What's 30 minus 17? 13 years. 13 years. Now you're saying, Pastor, but I've been, this thing, this thing for me, God gave me this, and it's been, it's been 35 years. Joseph did it in 17. 
Well, why did Joseph do it in 17 and it's taken you 35? Why has it taken me longer? It's been more than 17 because you know what? My attitude hasn't always been like Joseph's. Come on now. Come on. Joseph, it, it was 17 years. You know why it only, now 17 years, it didn't happen overnight, did it? But you know what? It would have been a lot longer if Joseph hadn't kept a good attitude. And if he'd have had a rotten attitude, God would have had to get somebody else to do it. Because he could have never used him. So we need to think about these things. Notice verse 53. Then the seven years of plenty. This is Genesis 41 verse 53. The seven years of plenty which were in the land ended. Seven years of famine. Verse 54 hit. You can see that. They needed food. Verse 55. All the land of Egypt was famished. Just speeding this up here. Verse 56, the famine was over all the face of the earth. Verse 57, all countries, uh uh-oh, all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain. Do you see what's happening here? Now look at Genesis 42, verse 1. When Jacob saw that there was no grain, uh, when he saw there was grain in Egypt, Jacob, when he saw there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? Verse 2. He said, indeed, I have heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's 10 brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. Do you see what's happening? uh, Jacob did not send Joseph's brother, so on and so forth. Verse 5, the sons of Israel, sons of Jacob went to buy grain among those who journeyed for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Verse 6, here we go. Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who, who sold to all the people of the land, and his brother. now watch this, his brothers came and what? And bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Did the dream come to pass? And I'm not going to review it all. I told you why. I've been telling you all through this sermon. Do you see? It was from God. The dream was from God. There was a pit, there was, there was a slavery, there was a prison, there was lies, there was being forgotten, being betrayed, all of that. But he kept a good attitude and now it's come to pass. God prepared him and now the dream has come to pass. You see? Do you see that? God will make good on his part if we'll make good on ours. And verse 7, Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he'd acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them and so forth. Where'd you come from? And all of that, we could go through all that. Look at verse 8, Genesis 42, verse 8. So Joseph recognized his brothers. They didn't recognize him. Look at verse 9. Then Joseph, then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them. Isn't that something? And then eventually in the process of time, Jacob came to Egypt and he was under the authority. Remember the moon and the, not only the, the boys were going to bow down, but the mother, his mother had passed, but his brother came, or his dad finally came later, just like the dream. Remember that? The sun, the moon, they all bowed down. Here's something else. And if we took the time, we could read it. Joseph, real loud say forgave. Joseph forgave his brothers. 
I said he forgave his brothers. God could not put Joseph in this position of power unless he was a forgiver and he was going to forgive. This is a reason right here that most people don't ever fulfill the dream God's given them. You know, there's there's a handful of people over the years that have done me dirty. Just a handful. Now, I'm thinking of one lady right now who just did me dirty back when I was doing my student teaching. And you know what? I, I, I think I've forgiven her. I've tried to forgive her. I do forgive her. But you know, I wonder if she was standing before me and I had the authority to say off with her head. Until you're at a point where you're going to totally treat. Now listen to me. Now I've forgiven her by faith. But until you're in a position that you're going to forgive that person completely and treat them like they never did anything wrong to you in the first place. Until you get there. In your heart, God is not going to be able to put you where he wants you. Did you get what I just said? Did you get that? Now look at Genesis 45. We're just almost done here. It's a little longer today, but it's okay. You're learning something, aren't you? Genesis 45, verse 4, New Living Translation. He says to his brothers, please come closer. He said to them, so they come closer. I'm Joseph, your brother, so he identifies himself to them. Look at verse 5. He says, but don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Verse 7. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was verse 8. So it was God who sent me here, not you. Do you see that? And he is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh, the messenger, uh, the manager of his entire palace and, and so forth. Again, first of all, did Joseph want revenge on his brothers? No. Joseph realized that his... Per- now listen to this. I- I'm closing here. Joseph realized that his personal suffering had preserved his family as an instrument of God's will. And you think, well, God was just interested in Joseph's family. No, God, in that whole deal we just read about today, he had you on his mind. You know how I know that? Because one of Joseph's brothers was named Judah. And guess who after the flesh Jesus came? Come on now. Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. This whole story today was about your favorite subject. It was about you. No, Jesus, you're good. Jesus is your favorite subject. See, I gave this whole message today, and it was all about you. God gave that dream to Joseph to save you. Joseph had, what, 11 brothers? In case you're a little slow here, you didn't get it in Sunday school. One of his brothers was named Judah. Judah, And Jesus is known as the lion of the tribe of 
Judah, and Judah was saved in the, from this famine because of what Joseph did and what God did through Joseph. And all we talked about today, God had you on his mind because if it hadn't have been for what happened here, that the, 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 the Hebrew race would have been cut off, huh? Come on. So, so Jesus came all those years later, and we believe on him. We miss hell and make heaven. Isn't that wonderful? That slipped that in. Now, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Joseph, now here's so many good points here. Joseph was aware that his rise to power was for the good of his family and the good of multitudes of people. It was not for his own glory. This is a reason people never fulfill what God wants them to do. And what God has for them is because they think it's all about them. It's all about them, all about them, all about them. And all about them being famous and all about them this and them that and them the other. And, I, and God's going to use me in this and God's going to use me in that. And, God's gonna, and it's all about them. This, was, this didn't have a blasted thing really to do with Joseph. It was all about preserving other people. Do you hear that? Do you see that? And when you talk to people about, oh, well, guess God told me this. God told me that. He's going to use me in this. He's going to use me in that. He's going to. And it's all about them being exalted. Do you know why Joyce Meyer and Dave Meyer are where they're at? Do you know why? Because they help people. Called us on the phone when we were in the building program. And, and gave, they've given tens of thousands of dollars to, to this building. And never, I never asked for a penny. And they do that all around the country and all around the world. Why did God use her? And Joyce will tell you she went through hell to get, not literal hell, but almost to get where she's at. Is that right? Come on, you know who she is. Why did God use her? Because he knew that when she's in that position of power, she's going to give millions of dollars away to help people that can't get water, get water. To help people that can't eat, eat. To help churches that can't quite make it. And we're, we were doing fine, don't misunderstand. But churches that need help, say millions, give millions of dollars away. That's why God exalts certain people to certain positions. It's not about them. That, whole, that ministry you see over there, it's not about her. It's about all the hurting people that she's helped. Do you hear me? And her story is very similar to Joseph's. I've got nothing but respect for that lady and her husband. The Bible says the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Did you get the lesson of the, did you get the, did you get the point of this message today? In the end, stand with me if you would. Bow your heads, please. I I preached a little too long, but I'm not going to apologize for it. You needed to hear it. Stand with me if you would. Bow your heads. In the end, what God has ordered for our lives will work out. It will come to pass, just like he said. If we'll do what he told us to do, if we'll not put our own interpretation on what he said on on the timing, it probably won't happen the way we think. It will probably be much along the way we don't understand. Many unfair things will more than likely happen to us. There'll be many reasons to give up and quit. There was many reasons for Joseph to throw in the towel and quit, but he never did. 
There'll be times to think that the dream you have from God wasn't even from God to begin with. Think about that. There will be times when you're on the way to where God wants you to go. There will be times to think that the dream you have from God, it's legitimately from God. But there'll be times where you'll be alone and thinking, did God even call me to do that in the first place? But the most important thing is to keep a good attitude toward each situation and the people involved and keep that good attitude toward God. Don't short circuit his plan for you. If we're obedient to God and keep a good attitude and all of that, just like Joseph, the dream that God has given us will eventually come to pass. And remember, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about helping other people. And ultimately, things will work out. Glory to God. Now, your head's bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, listen to me. There really is a heaven above to gain. And there really is a hell beneath that you don't want any part of. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just saying that to you because it's the truth of the Bible. And the Bible says that God is not willing that any perish and go to hell. But that all come to repentance and all be saved. He wants you to live in heaven with him and be with him for eternity. You say, well, how do I miss hell and make heaven? It's the easiest thing.